Well, last week we, uh, we left off looking at Paul's uh, admonition to the churches uh, found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Uh, we also saw it in verse 25 where uh, he calls us to, to walk by the Spirit. We spent some time there uh, last week. He says in verse 16, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the lusts or the desires of the flesh. We've been on this journey for a number of weeks going through the book of Galatians and just kind of um, really just unpacking that verse by verse these last number of, of weeks. And uh, that's where we landed last week. This idea of, of walking by the Spirit. Or he says in verse 25, he says, if we live by the Spirit, I love this, he says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, right? Let us, let us keep up with, let's walk alongside or keep in step with what the Spirit is doing in our lives. We talked about some ways that we can uh, best position ourselves to walk by the Spirit as we're called to do. It's clearly God's design that the Holy Spirit of God would indwell God's people and enable us to walk in the ways of God. It is not something that we are naturally born with, right? That's why we need to be born again. Naturally, we're born to walk away from God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans says no man seeks after God. And so there's not a natural inclination to move towards God. That's why we need to be born again. And when we're born again, the Spirit of God comes into our life and it's what enables us to walk as we were designed to to walk, to walk by or walk in step with the Spirit. We saw last week that unlike in the past under the old covenant, before Christ came, the Holy Spirit would come upon God's people, specific people at a specific time for a specific reason. And then the Holy Spirit would lift, so to speak, off of that person. But it was never upon the whole people of God. And Ezekiel talks about the idea that, that the, the, the Spirit of God under the new covenant would indwell God's people. Jesus affirmed what the prophets talked about as Jesus affirmed his disciples, as we saw last week, that, G, that the Holy Spirit will not just be with us, but he will be in us. And then we also see how the early church experienced that in Pentecost, as the Holy Spirit came upon the church in Acts chapter 2 and filled the house. And now we, as the church, are recipients of the Holy Spirit of God indwelling God's people, enabling us to walk by the Spirit. That was the call that we are to live. We looked at five ways in which we can position ourselves to walk by the Spirit. We said, number one, we need to recognize our dependence upon the Holy Spirit, right? It's just not a default setting for us. We need to recognize our dependence upon the Holy Spirit if we want to walk by the Spirit. Secondly, we need to relinquish our will. We need to let go of, of it, things going just our way. We need to relinquish our will. Number three, we need to respond to God's Word, Right, Not just believe it, not just read it, but we need to live it. We need to respond to God's word. Number four, we talked about relationship over religion. 
right? Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. He came to establish a relationship. Everything that we do ought to flow out of a love for Jesus, not out of religious rote, not out of a whole list of do's and don'ts, right? Religious, religion kills, but, but the Spirit brings life. And so this whole thing is about relationship. And then number five, we said another way to position ourselves to walk by the Spirit is to rejoice in the Lord, right? To, to be people that rise above everything, to see God's hand in everything, rejoicing in the Lord. And I said, when we walk by the Spirit, there are characteristics that will be left behind in your life. Fruit that is consistent with the character of God. We call this the fruit of the Spirit. That's what Paul calls it in Galatians chapter five and verse 22. And it's there that we're picking up this morning. Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23, we get a picture of what is the fruit of the Spirit. And so if you have your Bibles, you can take a look at that with me. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23. Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now notice the verse starts with the word, but. Right, let me just kind of say, anytime you're doing Bible reading, any kind of Bible study, never start with a but. Right? Because if the but is there, you need to kind of go back a little bit and get some context as to what the but is there for. Right? And so he opens this up with, with this idea of, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and what Paul is doing is he's contrasting what he had just said earlier about the works of the flesh. He says in verses 19 and 21 through 21, he says, and the works of the flesh... These are evident as well. They, they are adultery, they are fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. It sounds like I'm reading Newsday, right? Dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and things like this. But then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The works of the flesh, they flow out of a life that is in communion with their past sinful nature. The works of the flesh flow out of a life that is in communion with their past sinful nature. They are walking in step with their past. It's not consistent for the child of God. That's not the way we are to walk. But the works of the flesh, they flow out of a life that is in communion with their past sinful nature. But the fruit of the Spirit is different. The, flu the fruit of the Spirit, it flows out of a life that is in communion with the Holy Spirit. Communion, it's, 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 it's intimate relationship. It's walking in step with the Spirit. Notice something here, that, that Paul connects the word work right, with the flesh. He said the works of the flesh and get, look like this, and he lays it all out. He uses the word works there, but now as he moves into verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, and goes on and on. 
Notice that Paul connects the word work with the flesh and fruit with the spirit. Here's the, here's the reason. Work is something we produce when we're walking in step with our past, right? Work is, is what we accomplish, it's what we put forth out there, it's what, what flows out of, of our sinful heart. In this, in this context in which he's talking about, obviously there's good works that we do as well, but even those are even initiated or produced by us. They come out of us taking the initiative. They are our works. And, and in the context of what he's saying here, the works that he's referring to here, they're something that, produce, that are produced out of a sinful heart. The works of the flesh produce lewdness, uncleanness, outbursts of wrath. That's what flows out of that. That's the works of the flesh. But fruit is something, unlike works, that are produced by us, fruit is something that is produced not by us, but in us as we're working, walking in step with the Spirit. It's very different, right? So the, the works of the flesh starts with us, but the fruit of the Spirit starts with the Holy Spirit, and he's producing it in our lives. Isn't that exciting? Works originate from our heart, fruit originates from the Holy Spirit. The works of the flesh is what man produces in his sinful heart. But the fruit of the Spirit is the character of God that God the Holy Spirit produces in man. That as he's working on us, as he's sanctifying us, as he is doing his work, it is his work, his work is making us more and more like, like Jesus. And the evidence of that, the fruit of that, the residue of that, if you will, is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of God that God, the Holy Spirit, produces in us. It's not a work of man, but as a result or a byproduct of the Holy Spirit working in a person's life. The evidence of the heart of man apart from God presents itself as the works of the flesh. And we see that. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, the list goes on and on. But the evidence of the Holy Spirit and the fact that the Holy Spirit is at work, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work and producing in man is seen in what is left behind. And what's left behind? What becomes evident? What's the, what's the fruit of a life that is walking by the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit of the, of, of the Spirit working in our life. Not as a result of your work. And this is really important, and, I, and, and we're gonna, I want you to really track with me through this, because it's not the result of your work, but it's the, 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 the result of the Spirit's work in you. So here's the big picture. This is what I really want you to understand. The fruit of the Spirit is not something that you seek to produce in your life. That's what people do, right? We, we, read, we, we read Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23. We see and read about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. You're like, yeah, man, I need to be more loving. 
and, and I do, right? I, I want to be more loving. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to be an extension of the love of God to the world around me. And I read this idea, I read the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm like, man, I want to be more joyful, and, and I do want to be more joyful. I want, I want my joy to rise above my circumstances. I want to see joy and, and experience joy regardless of how I feel on the inside, I need more peace, I need more long-suffering, I need more kindness and goodness and faithfulness, I need all these things. It almost ends up being like a New Year's resolution list. Have you done that? You ever start January, like all right, this year, the fruit of the Spirit is my goal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be more loving, I'm gonna be more gentle, I'm gonna be more kind. I'm going to put things in motion that the fruit of the Spirit is going to be at work in my life. And you see, when you try to put the fruit of the Spirit in motion in your life, that is behavior modification. That is not transformation. That is behavior modification because of the fruit of the spirit was never, listen, it was never intended to be something that you produce in your own life. This might be unlike any other way, and I hope it is, any other way that you have viewed the fruit of the spirit. Because oftentimes we view the, view, the fruit of the spirit as this laundry list of things that we need to do. But here's the thing, in the context of what Paul is saying here, this isn't the fruit of your life. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that takes place in a person's life as they are walking by the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is not something you produce to show your working on your walk with God. That's not what you do. That's not for you to do. The fruit of the Spirit is not something you produce to show you're working on your walk with God. The fruit of the Spirit is something God produces to show he's working on you. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, right? He is the one driving this thing. He's the one transforming me. And you see, here's the thing. If I put in motion all the things I need to do, I need to act this way, be like this, say this, don't do this, definitely do that. What is that? It's behavior modification. And that might get me by for a little while, but here's the problem. That's not transformation. That's not flowing out of the inside. But when the Holy Spirit is doing the work and the Holy Spirit is, is, is bringing me closer and closer to Jesus, the natural byproduct are those very things that Paul is talking about. And so here's the thing. You want to write this down. The fruit of the Spirit, and this is going to sound so unchurchlike. You ready? The fruit of the Spirit is not your goal. The fruit of the Spirit is your metric. The fruit of, your, of the Spirit is not your goal. The fruit of the Spirit is your metric. It's how we measure whether we're walking by the Spirit or whether we're walking by the flesh. It's what's left behind. Am I, am I, am I walking in step with the Spirit? Well, has there been self-control? Has there been gentleness? 
Not because I'm working on that, but because he's working on me in the midst of that. And so the fruit of the Spirit is not your goal. It's a metric. So you're saying, wait a minute, so, so I shouldn't, because I know some people might tune me off already. Are you saying I shouldn't be more loving? Are you saying that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be more joyful? Of course not. The scripture calls us to love. The scripture calls us to be gentle. The scripture calls us to be kind. What I am saying though, is those things ought not to become a goal. They are a metric. And so here, here's the big question that, that really needs to be answered, you ready? What's the goal? Is the, is the goal to be like Christ or is the goal to be more loving? You see, I know loving people and so do you. I see humanitarian efforts going on all around the world and loving people and, and that will sacrifice their lives to help other people. They're loving people. They might not even be believers. They're, they're loving people and you don't, have to be, you don't have to be in the faith to be loving. I know kind people and so do you. I know gentle people and so do you. I know people who exercise self-control and, and so do you. And so is the goal to be kind or is the goal to be like Jesus? The goal is to be more like Christ. And the fruit, at the expense of sounding like a Dr. Seuss book, and the fruit of that pursuit <laughs> is walking in step by the Spirit. The fruit of that pursuit is love. As I'm walking in step with the Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit doing in my life? It's caused me to be like Jesus. It's caused me to love him more. And you see the fruit of that, the fruit of that pursuit presents itself as love without me even trying to be more loving. As I am getting closer to him and loving him more and learning and understanding and applying his words to my life, I become more gentle without gentleness even being a goal. Why? Because Christ is my goal. Christ is my goal. The goal is to be more like Christ. If the goal is to be more joyful, it's the wrong goal. If the goal is to be more peaceful, it's the wrong goal. If the goal is to be more faithful, it's the wrong goal. If the goal is to be more gentle, it's the wrong goal. When the fruit becomes the pursuit, then you're pursuing the wrong thing. Pursue Jesus by walking in step with the Holy Spirit and the fruit will automatically follow. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does as he is working in our life. It transforms us. It no longer needs to be behavior modification. It's transformation. And this one whom I love influences me so much that the fruit of the Spirit becomes evident in my life. I mean, isn't, isn't that what Galatians is, is all about? They were, they were returning to the law. They were returning 
to do so that they could appear more godly. Let's return to circumcision. Let's return to the law. Let's return to, the, to, to these things. And you see, they were pursuing behavior modification and not the heart of God. They started putting in motion the things that they needed to do. Now, I know I run the risk of some people saying I'm, I'm downplaying the importance of being loving and joyful and peaceful and gentle and all those wonderful things, and that's not it at all. I'm not undermining the importance of the fruit of the Spirit in a believer's life. I'm teaching you how the vineyard of your life can be full and overflowing with fruit. When you pursue Jesus, when Christ becomes your goal, when you're walking in step with Jesus, as verse 25 says, we should, then you're walking in an intimate relationship with the lover of your soul. And that intimate relationship produces fruit in your life like, like offspring. It begins to manifest itself as love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. See, walking in the flesh just naturally produces things that are contrary to the Spirit of God. The flip side is true though as well. Walking by the Spirit will naturally produce in us these things that are consistent with the character and the nature of this Jesus that we seek to be like. Because when Jesus is the focus of your pursuit, it will be evidenced by your fruit. That's why John will say, don't tell me you love God and hate your brother. He says, you're a born again liar. And the truth, he says, is not in you. Don't say you love God and steal. Don't say you love God and fill in the blank. Our pursuit and our love for God will be evidenced in our life far greater than anything that we just say. I don't know about you, but I find this very encouraging to me because here's the thing. It's a lot easier to fall in love with Jesus than it is to change myself. Right? I am so glad I am his workmanship and I don't have to deal with this mess. I'm so glad that I don't have to change the way I think and feel and act and respond. I don't have the ability to go back into my past and I understand why I do the things that I do and all these other, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a mess. Jesus and the Holy Spirit has got his work cut out for me. I find it so, I'm so thankful that all I'm called to do is love Jesus fall so deeply in love with the lover of my soul that all these other things, the Holy Spirit will work in me. Because sometimes it's hard to love. Don't look at me like that. You know it's hard. Hey, it, sometimes it's hard to be patient. It's hard to exercise self-control sometimes. And if it's all on me to make that happen, 
then I'm in trouble. And that's what they were doing in the book of Galatians. They're like, yeah, we get it. It's all by grace. But you know what? Maybe I need to do this. And maybe I need to do this. And maybe I need to do this. And Paul's like, no. Don't introduce anything into the gospel. The gospel doesn't need any update whatsoever. You are accepted because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are his. Fall in love with Jesus. That's why Paul was able to say with a surety, I am convinced that he who began a good work in you, he will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Who began the good work? He began the good work in you. Take your hands off. Give yourself a break. Fall in love with Jesus. And because here's the thing. As you're falling in love with Jesus, the things that are contrary to your new nature will become very obvious in your life. And you'll find yourself saying, well, you know what? I, I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. Now it's time for a decision. You want to walk according to your new nature? Well, you're old. You could, you're not bound to walk by your new nature. Many a person has gone back and followed their own ways. And that's what they started to do in the book of Galatians. Going back to the law. Back into their own stuff. Back into bondage. Freedom is in obedience. Freedom is in pursuing Christ. If it's all up to me to enact these changes in my life, it gets overwhelming and I can be honest, it's downright discouraging. But here's the key. Here's, here's how transformation happens. Make Christ your goal. Make Christ, come on, that's just, that's just too simple. It was simple for us but was not simple for him who went to the cross for us so that we can be empowered to live and walk in the ways of God. Make Christ your goal. So Get so close to the heart of Christ that his character begins to rub off of you. As you walk by the Spirit, you're going to fall deeper and deeper in love with the God who loves you most. As I mentioned last week, it's all about relationship it's all about relationship you see the first thing that was lost when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden was their relationship with God was severed because of sin this creation that was designed to walk in the fellowship and communion with his creator was separated because of sin and Christ came so that that separation can be reversed he reversed the curse in the garden and fellowship can now be restored and we can once again walk in step with the Spirit who's directing us toward, on the path towards Christ-likeness, towards being like Jesus. And so the more I pursue Christ, the more I walk by the Spirit, fruit will abound. Not because it's my goal, but because He is my goal. We don't focus on the fruit, we focus on our relationship with Christ. And that fruit and that relationship will be evidenced by fruit in our lives. Listen to this same idea through the lens of Jesus, through John's, through John's gospel. John chapter 15. Jesus said, I'm the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me. What is that? It's relationship. Come close to me. Be near me. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, just like we saw before, we can't produce this stuff. You, the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. You know what the word means in the Greek? Zilch. Nothing. Nothing pleasing to God. Nothing that is satisfying to God. We can produce nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. For by this, my father is glorified. How is the father glorified? By this, my father is glorified. Here's how, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What's the goal? Is the goal of fruit? Nope, the goal is to prove, to demonstrate, to reveal we are his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. This is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, Jesus, that you love one another as I have loved you. We see such, such parallels between what Jesus is saying in, in, in this passage and what Paul is saying in Galatians. So you think the Holy Spirit inspired Paul or something. What do we see here? Well, we see number, and, and we see in verse two that only the branches that bear fruit are his. You see, if you're his, you're gonna bear fruit. Don't get discouraged. Don't beat yourself up. You're like, when am I ever gonna, when is this ever gonna be easy? Just get your eyes off the timeline and onto Jesus. You'll bear fruit in due time. God prunes us so that we might bear more fruit. He brings, he introduces things into our life that are hindering the progression of fruit in our life. We see in verse four that the branch cannot bear fruit by itself and we see neither can we. We can't produce this on our own. Apart from Christ, we see in verse five, we can't do anything that pleases God. We see in verse eight that God is, is glorified by the fruit in our lives because we see in verse eight that that fruit is a metric of discipleship. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So many times we forget about that whole so prove to be my disciples. We think God's after the fruit. God's not after the fruit so much as the, 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 the fact that the fruit is the metric of us being his. 
He says, fruit looks like joy, my, that my joy may be in you, that God desires you to be full. The fruit looks like loving one another. All right, so what's the big takeaway? That you and I were created to be in such a close relationship with God that our closeness with him causes fruit to become evidenced in our life, not because you and I put it in motion, but because the Holy Spirit is present in our life and the fruit of his presence in our life is the fruit of the Spirit. And that fruit is evidenced primarily by the love of God being poured out of our life to God and to others. The fruit of the Spirit. Some, some have said that there's really not nine fruit of this fruits of the Spirit, but there's really only one. Some would say that there's really not nine, there's really one, and that, that, that one is love. The other eight that are listed are merely manifestations of that love. Somebody said that, that joy, and so joy is, is love smiling. Peace is love resting. Patience is love waiting. Kindness is love showing itself sensitive to others' feelings. Goodness is love making allowances. Faithfulness is love proving constant. Gentleness is love yielding. Self-control is love triumphing over selfish inclinations. I don't know if that's true or not, but those, those are really exciting. But you know, I, I look at those things and I, if I had to produce something in me that bore those kind of results, I would be very discouraged but I was never called to create these results. These are never intended to be my goal. My goal is loving the one who first loved me. And as I pursue him, how do I pursue him? I walk by the spirit and the spirit of God enables me, empowers me to love him supremely. And as I'm loving him supremely, supremely the fruit of the spirit will be evidenced in our lives. May May we, Integrity Church, not pursue the fruit of the Spirit, but the goal of the Spirit. That, it, that being bringing us into such a close walk with Jesus that his love, that his joy, that his peace, that his patience, that his kindness and goodness and faithfulness and, and gentleness and self-control would literally rub off on us and be fruit in our lives. For those of you who are visual learners, let me say it this way. May we hug Jesus so tightly that the fruit of the Spirit is squeezed out. May we hug Jesus so tightly that the fruit of the Spirit just oozes out of us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that, Lord, we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And this message to the churches of Galatia to make Christ and his work the central focus of our hearts and our minds is what we learn today even when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, help us to love you supremely. Lord, that you'd be our first love. 
and let our love for you manifest itself in the fruit of the Spirit that will impact the world around us. We thank you, we praise you, in Christ's name we pray, amen.